Good evening, everybody, and welcome to episode 94 of the Atlantic Bushcraft Adventures. That's the mic. That is the mic. Tonight, uh, both Ben's family and my own, we like to wish everybody a Merry Christmas and a Happy Holidays. Good eye. Merry Christmas, all. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. And that's from our families to yours, and we hope you guys have the best of holidays and a very Merry Christmas. Says Merry Christmas. everybody well. You good? Shake. Shake your head. <laughs> jingle, jingle, jingle. Nothing to miss Merry Christmas. We're so Merry Christmas. We're so Merry Christmas. We're so Merry Christmas. And a Happy New Year. <laughs> Very good. You were all singing that earlier, well, weren't you? Well, going to do something. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We and a Happy New Year. We wish you a Merry Christmas. And a Happy New Year. Good tidings. We're not going that <laughs> Let's not get carried away here, people. Merry Christmas, buddies. Merry Christmas, buddies. I think that sums it up pretty well. Yeah. Okay, we're going to go right into our podcast and let the, the women folks Adios. disappear. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. You want to go watch yourself on the uh, video? Go turn the video on. You can see yourself. Get ready for that. No. Yeah. Or hop in the chair over there if you want. You want to sit with me? Sit me. All right, grab the chair and come on up. If you need to. Okay, everybody. So tonight, episode 94, and we have some, uh, just some basic updates. I mean, it is close to Christmas, so I believe my child has gone to get her own reindeer. Um, so yeah, hey, to. Merry Christmas, Steve. Uh, so big news. Kind of the headliner here, I think, is Ben's news. So why don't you jump right into that, Ben? Yes. So uh, I've been wanting, and, and I think a little over a year ago, we talked about trying to, to get, like, for me anyways, a, a off-road, more worthy vehicle than what I had, being what I had was a minivan and a Dodge Dart. So the Dodge Dart died. It's no longer... Uh, no longer functioning. So this week we picked up a new to us oh, uh, Subaru Forester. Oh, so that will be significantly more capable than what we've had before, which gives me the ability to get further in the woods without having to bum rides, which is less than fun for me. And um, yeah, the big thing there, Ben, or at least I think the interesting part for this is you actually put a lot of thought into the vehicle that you actually picked up. You had in mind what you were looking for for features. Uh, yeah. And then you just kind of got one that, that met all the requirements. Okay, I'm not holding all your toys there, bud. So, priorities for me was something that was potentially modifiable. So, I was looking for things that had that I could get, like, lift kits potentially for... I wanted something with good all-wheel drive or 4x4 capability. Subaru, I think, really hits that on the mark. Uh, it really has, for its its segment, one of the highest uh, in the segment. So at 8.7 inches, it competes with most of the other things. So that works out pretty good. The other things were... The fact that it's relatively economical fuel-wise, uh, which was kind of a big thing for me, because a lot of our trips really are a fair bit of highway driving before we ever get 
uh, get to the woods or get to a dirt road. So that was a high priority for me. Well, one of the neat things, as you were saying there about some of the features, is um, we figured it out. And my new Ford Ranger and your new vehicle yeah. are almost like the exact same clearance, which is yeah. kind of neat. Because uh, yeah. what year was yours, Ben? I don't want to say the wrong year. So. I think it's 2015. Actually, I know it's 2015. So 2015 uh, Subaru Forester. Forester, yeah. Uh, so yeah, we, we, we actually went online and we found, and I don't have the numbers here with me, but we found the approach angle, the departure angle, the breakover, uh, angle and the clearance and really neither vehicle vastly beats the other. Places one of us could make the other was going to make with relative easy capabilities which was, was a big thing for me because uh, a lot of the people I go in the woods with are driving four by four pickups or uh, there's a, a, a Jeep Cherokee. Uh, and when I look at the numbers, and I mean, this is all to numbers. I can't, you know, I don't have the, the time and budget to take every possible vehicle out and stuff. This vehicle tended to meet those capabilities and, uh, have what I hope to be a reliability that I think I can trust. Uh, my last car being a Dodge, I just didn't have a good a good experience with that. I'm not dissing Dodge for any of you guys that are running Dodge, but it was a mechanical problem that killed my Dart, and it's almost the same engine that's in a lot of the the Dodge uh, or the Jeep uh, line. If until you get up to like the Wrangler and the Grand Cherokee. Uh, and I just didn't want to get back into the same engine. So that kind of eliminated Jeep from me. Uh, so I think this is one of the best uh, all-around vehicles for what I wanted. And it's not unprecedented. So I, I've been following a bunch of people on YouTube and stuff that are using these vehicles as overland vehicles. Overland is not quite where we are. Uh, we, we are much more into the woods and getting away from the vehicle and away from but a vehicle to me is, is a base of operations. It's what gets me as close to the woods as possible or as deep into the woods before I have to go to my, you know, to walking, to, to boating, to whatever I'm taking. Uh, and I was able to pick up. So I picked this up on Monday, Tuesday. I already had roof racks, J racks show up from Amazon and Princess Auto. Uh, None of these are sponsoring us, by the way, but this is where I got, you know, the reasonably priced thing. So I now have uh, two, two set of crossbars and and two full sets of J-Racks so I can take two kayaks, potentially three if I jam one in between, uh, onto this rig. So that's already set up. I went immediately on Kijiji, started looking for spare rims. I found a guy selling Subaru 16-inch rims for 100 bucks. I got four rims with tires on them. The tires are iffy quality, but at 25 bucks a rim, I wasn't really complaining too much. So yeah. I have a spare set of rims. So I'm looking to – I'm going to end up putting a bit of money into this. And, and I mean, some of it's in making sure that I'm, I'm satisfied with the mechanical soundness of the vehicle because it does have a fair number of kilometers, so I'll be changing fluids. Not all those are necessarily cheap, and that's just part of the business, right? It's going to cost a little bit, but 
we're, we're looking at doing a lot to this vehicle to make it as capable of, of off-road as possible without, uh, you know, basically bankrupting us or, uh, or really changing the form and function of the vehicle uh too much if you're okay with it ben i do have a picture of the uh of your new vehicle there i can pull up so people can actually take a look entirely up to you though yeah you can throw one up uh it's this is definitely going to be the before picture there are some changes coming on uh we have a decal scheme already partly in mind so it is going to change a bit um those vents, uh, some people have already complained about them. They are cosmetic, but I do like the fact that it breaks up the shape of the vehicle. It can, without that, those fake vents on the side. I find it, it is pretty plain uh, from a side on view. But uh, yeah, it's, it works pretty good. We took it, me and my wife worked together, so we took it for a drive yesterday at, uh, at lunch and uh, went back some ATV trails. And uh, she's quite a bit of fun, buddy. Yeah, there's you and Missy picking it up. So yeah, that was minutes after buying it. That's actually at at uh, Access Nova Scotia. We, we we finished all the paperwork up, and within eight kilometers of that, I had the the, the new rims and tires into the back. So, <laughs> but kind of an exciting time, exciting purchase. As you said, you've been uh, you and I have been talking about this for well over a year. Uh, yeah like I said, you knew what you wanted and it's kind of exciting that you finally get out, got what you wanted. And yeah. like you said, the second you got, well, before you bought it, the day before you bought it, you were saying you were going to go up and look at it and you were pretty sure you were good. And you're already starting to dream about everything you wanted to do to it. And you're like, Oh, if I do this, I think yeah. it'll be more capable off road. And so far, I mean, I've been looking up a little research on them. As I told you before, a buddy of mine has an Impreza, which is a step down from that, but I've been researching these foresters and they are a, super capable vehicle like they're going in places that full-on four-wheel drive off-roading vehicles are going and really not breaking a sweat no i i mean i think you can find a train where any one vehicle can kind of beat any other vehicle but i've seen some neat videos videos of guys you know trying to climb these steep hills and, and all this stuff and there's a one of them a video of just a stop Forester comes buzzing along the road and he goes up that exact same hill like it's nothing to it. He just flipped over it. So it's it's capable. It can compete with things. Does it have limitations? Of course it does. Uh, it's smaller. I, I had, uh, I think you would have seen it. I used to have a full-size Silverado, uh, 4x4. At, at the first bushcraft gathering, I had that there. I vaguely uh, remember it, but if anybody hasn't been aware, Ben and I, though we were at the first bushcraft gathering together, we weren't doing yeah. this together. We were just kind of acquaintances at best. Yeah. Um, I also in the past have owned uh, a Grand Cherokee, which I, I'm going to say was a ton of fun. But uh, we had enough mechanical issues with it that I just didn't trust it. Young family. Planning on trips to like Newfoundland and stuff. The last thing I wanted was something that I constantly seemed to be working on. Uh, but, the, you know, the four-wheel drive system and that was second to very few, if any, uh, and it was a ton of fun. But this one here, I find, is is really capable, and it really hits a lot of the marks with fuel economy. Uh, you know, your approach departure angles, your you know, all these things. And there's a ton of stuff you can do. There's there's quite the uh, the market and community uh, for it. And we have some capabilities ourselves, so we may look at. We talked about this on our creating the perfect bushcraft vehicle. 
uh, or budget bushcraft vehicle. We talked at that time about maybe making like um, skid plates and stuff for vehicles. So it's something we may have, you know, we may approach in the near future. That's that's some fun. It's definitely going to be a project. Uh, it is also going to be like a daily driver for me. So I will be using it fairly regularly for, for you know, a daily driver. But in the weekends, I want to know that I can go. And if my buddies want to go down a, a relatively rough road, uh, I can pretty well follow, keep up with their problems. And I suspect that this will, will do it almost stock. So anything I do to it is just going to improve those capabilities. Yeah. Uh, I am not planning on getting into, say, overlanding. But I definitely want something that gets me closer to the action. Uh, there's a ton of lakes and rivers and, and places that I'd like to visit. And this is going to give me the ability to get my canoes and kayaks back there. It's going to get me the ability to, uh, to get a little closer and, uh, and do camping and stuff. And uh, be pretty secure in the knowledge that when it's time to come home and get out of that, I'm going to be able to do it. Uh, even if the weather does change off a little bit and stuff. So it's going to be fun. And we will definitely have uh, follow-ups and probably a few like, just reports of what, what's happening. Like I said, uh, I've, I didn't really have it for more than a few days, and I already had uh, roof racks put on it and, uh, you know, the crossbars, and I got the J-rack set up. Uh, we have some other plans for it. Uh, so it's, it's going to be a fun bit of an adventure that we put new, uh, you know, floor mats in it today. Not exciting, but, you know, just trying to keep it in, in the best shape as possible. So all this stuff added will, will definitely have an effect. Uh, no, I think it's going to be a ton of fun. Uh, like you said about the skid plate thing, already yeah. kind of thinking about ideas for that. If you ever do go to tackle it, I got some things rolling around in my head. Uh, but I think it's very doable. And like you said, stock, I don't think you're going to have much issue with that thing anyway. No, no, I don't think so. I, uh, like I said, I went down an ATV trail pretty well with it the other day and, uh, had to climb the tires over a few interesting looking rocks and things. And it really didn't hesitate too much. And this morning going to work, uh, we hit sheer ice and honestly, like it still has the tires that came from the dealership, which aren't necessarily the best winter tires. And uh, I watched the truck ahead of me. He was fishtailing all over the road. People, when they turned the F off ramp, he pulled right off. They said it was like you could see that they weren't. And this thing was tracking true. Uh, the biggest issues I had was when I had to try and stop. Because once you stop, you end up with the same traction as pretty well everyone else. Uh, there was one turn. I think every one of my coworkers managed to hit the curb when they did it. I didn't. But I'm not going to lie, when I looked in the rearview mirror, I was inches from hitting it. But I can only say that, you know, that all-wheel drive system pulled it out in time. So I, I do know it's capable, even without the greatest tires, it was doing pretty good. I had those 16-inch rims. It comes with 17s, I believe. So the 16-inch rims can allow me to put a, a decent uh, all-terrain style tire on it that will give me some good capabilities on, on multiple trains and, and stuff. So that's that's one of the big initial things that I want to get done to it. Uh, no, most that. excellent. And, and something I just wanted to make mention off. If anybody's wondering, uh, and not that I'm a mechanic in any way, shape, or form, and Ben can probably add a little bit more into this too, the difference between all-wheel drive and four-wheel drive is, of course, all-wheel drive is it's all-time four-wheel drive. It's designed to run an all-time four-wheel drive. 
Uh, and as such, generally you have a computer controlling the power that's going to the tires, which in the instances like Ben was saying, like slippery roads, uh, kind of muddy areas, anything that's really slick, uh, it's kind of a benefit over four-wheel drive, personal opinion, because you do have that computer controlling everything. And if it does have a tire that's slipping, it's going to transfer that power to the tires that are not slipping, and it's just going to keep you tracking truer. Four-wheel drive, on the other hand, tends to be uh, a little bit more advantageous uh, in, like, rock crawling and really rough terrains because you can, like, walk the differentials and stuff like that. But generally, it doesn't have any kind of system to transfer power from the wheel that slips to the wheels that grip. I think that's an old term coined for some commercial. But anyway, that's the truth. Um, but when you walk it in, both axles spin at the exact same time, which has its advantages, it has its disadvantages. Big disadvantage is turning radius. Uh, in a lot of those four-wheel drives, if your tires are gripping, you try to turn, it's real easy to break a universal or a yoke or an axle or anything like that that you want to go on about. As we're in all-wheel drive, generally the computer will kick in and it'll compensate for that and you just mosey on like no difference, in all honesty. Yeah, I, I remember with my, uh, my, my Silverado, if it was in four-wheel drive and you tried to turn around in a parking lot, you would feel it bind. Like, it would actually struggle to do it um and i have no idea what the proper term for that is but what i've always called it and what it was always been called when i grew up was dog tracking it kind of <laughs> the, the, the wheels almost judder sideways you know what i mean well that's the thing is the outside tire has to go further than the inside tire and when that rear end locks up it's basically a solid you know axle that means that one tire is either dragging or pushing itself through the ground and uh you know that's that's a struggle for the vehicle and on the front end it really causes some issues so uh yeah you, you really feel it much in my uh my truck uh with the with the all-wheel drive system you really don't notice anything's happening it's constantly monitoring everything and it reacts faster than you can uh this one also has the x mode which i thought was a pretty interesting little uh thing and so if you're at lower speed in bad weather or, or bad terrain you put this thing on it's sort of a bit more of an aggressive uh all-wheel drive system and uh it it's really fun to play with i've already tested a couple times uh and one of the things it does is a hill descent system so you know yourself when you're going down a hill and you apply the brakes all four brakes lock up and that's when you could potentially slide off the hill and have an have an issue uh this will actually individually control each of the wheels so that none of them lock up and control your downhill. So my father-in-law has a rather steep hill. And when we were down, there was still quite a bit of snow. So I, of course I drove straight up it and parked. When it came time to do it, come down, I put on the X mode and just backed all the way down with it. And it's really neat. You take your hands off, well, not your hands off the steering wheel, but you take your feet off the pedals. Yeah, it just does just everything. Like, oh, I do its thing, man. Like, but no, you don't have to touch the brake or the gas. And it just basically controls you down the hill at a nice, reasonable speed. And all you have to do is pay attention to steering. So it really does take a lot of the load off your mind. Because you, and I talked to other people with it, basically, you, unless you had four feet or four ways of controlling the brakes, you could never try to match what this thing will naturally do. Hmm. So, uh, you know, I, I think it's... It's a capable rig. I'm not saying it's the best rig in the world, but it's it was the best one for me at the time. Uh, and I did look at quite a few, and I did do a lot of research. This is the one that seemed to do it for me. Uh, 
Uh, we shall see if it works out as well as I hope it does. I really do think it will. Oh, I think you're going to have a good time with it. And a comment here um, where I was talking about the dog track in there. That's only if the 4x4 is lockers on lost conditions. The wheel with the least amount of traction will still spin. Uh, somewhere to all-wheel drive. So there you go. Like I said, I'm not a mechanic. I don't really pretend to know all the ins and outs. That was just a quick googly search while we were talking about it and then of course he said at the end of the day both are still better than a two-wheel drive and that's like i said if you want to look more into it just jump online do you know four-wheel drive versus all-wheel drive and there's a lot of great explanations out there to get you the basic gist of it long story short each has their place both are still better than two-wheel drive yeah oh yeah and even from like one manufacturer to the next there's differences where one seems to work better in one situation than others. Uh, but I'm not going to say that one is absolutely always better than others because I watched a ton of videos of people testing it. One of them, I watched the Kia all-wheel drive system do something that the Subaru wasn't able to do. I've seen ones where almost every manufacturer beat another manufacturer. But I think a lot of it is that particular condition, that particular you know, drive system was able to handle it better. Uh, but with you know, hundreds of types of terrain and hundreds of types of weather conditions. No one one system is going to be the best in absolutely all of them. No. So look and for one that's really working for you. Yeah, that's the thing. Do your research and make the best judgment you can. And we're advocates of that for everything anyway. Uh, yeah, so that's, that's kind of my exciting news, my kind of early Christmas type thing. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun for me. Uh, and it's it's great to have that uh, that peace of mind there. Uh, so uh, should be much more to come to that. I certainly hope it is. I'll be pretty disappointed if we don't hear about this again. Uh, but uh, yeah, like I said, we're even planning and deckling it out. So there'll be some ABA decals on it. Uh, sort of like I'm sure there may be some of those in your vehicle. Oh, I'm sure there's <laughs> at least one. Yeah. <laughs> there and, is, uh, at least one on my truck and at least one on my motorcycle so and, and we may have some other things going on with that so if, if it works out good i'll show you and maybe you'll be interested in some of that too so okay uh, so the other thing we want to talk about tonight just going off topic we may end up back on this we talked about last minute gift ideas for bushcrafters and we're talking true last minute like if you need something now uh danny i have a rav4 i like it other than the ground clearance and that's one of the things that look at every major manufacturer and they're going to have some uh actually set it right above it um each manufacturer has their own perks and specialties if you're in the market for an outdoor vehicle you have to do your research and that's exactly yeah. it like each vehicle is a little it, you just have to know what you want uh and that's what we said at the start of this ben knew what he wanted in a vehicle and instead of going oh i want a subaru he was like i want uh x amount of clearance i want all-wheel drive and then he just found the vehicles to fit into that and done some test drives but yeah anyway back on topic so we're talking true last minute gift ideas like if you have to go out tonight and buy something these are some good ideas for any bushcrafter now for anybody maybe not but for any bushcrafter i can guarantee you they will appreciate some of these uh, gift ideas so you don't want to go back and forth, Ben, and hope we don't hit the same ones, or <laughs> you want to do this? Sure thing. I have quite the list. Um, to start off with, though, I want to bring this up. So one of our first 
gear of the month things. We talked about notebooks in the woods, I believe. Journals. And, and one of the ones we said that the techie option was the rocket book. Well, I finally got myself a rocket book. So now we can talk a bit better about it. And, and they are quite fun. Uh, so that's where I'm keeping my notes nowadays. <laughs> so, so just to bring it all circle, we, we started off with this is one of our early topics. Uh, we, we had four or five options, and this was the one that uh, that we use as techie option. I've got it. My wife has one. She's been loving it, and I have one now, and, and it's it's good for everything. I can do my work on it. I can do bushcraft. I can upload it all up. So it's really cool. Thought it was neat to need to mention. So the very first one I have, and I think we both may have this one, was jerky. Ah, you got me. Yep, jerky was at the top of my list too. Any yeah. bushcrafter will appreciate the gift of jerky. And you can literally get that stuff anywhere. It doesn't have to be a specialty jerky, just jerky in general. Keeps well, uh, adds a little bit of flavor, gives you something to gnaw on. I mean, it's, it's kind of the perfect bushcrafting food, almost. It's not really nutritious to its fullest well. extent, but... <laughs> I, I generally have jerky in my pack when I go in the woods. Uh, it's it's pretty well go-to. I don't have to worry about it going bad very quickly. Like, it's 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 always good for the whole trip anyways. Uh, and, you know, it's I wouldn't call it cheap, but it's always appreciated. And if you make your own, people love to share it. But honestly, even if you bought the store, bought stuff, it's a great thing to share with your buddy, have a chat. So it's always a good thing to have. So I, I, I knew that was going to be on both our lists but i figured i'd throw that out first so what was your your first one after the bush so <laughs> the just jerky. Now on, uh, jerky i actually have a small present for you ben uh i do have some deer jerky set aside for you i made up about three pounds of it so wow it's not bad it's not bad but do uh, i need to drive do i need to drive my force down to pick it up potentially actually at the end of this video i want to talk to you about something else too so uh -huh. um the second thing I had up on my list that any bushcrafter can appreciate, a Bic lighter. Yes, it's just a plain old Bic lighter, but every bushcrafter, regardless if they want to practice bow drills, if they want to practice hand drills, if they want to use a flint and steel, any of that stuff, I can guarantee you they're still going to appreciate a Bic lighter because at some point, you're going to land in the woods, you're going to be cold, you're going to be wet, and you just want the fire going. You don't want to do yep. all the fanciness, you just want something that works. So a Bic I, lighter. I I also had that. I threw matches in there too. I had lighter or, matches. Yep. Uh, but yeah, any any you know pretty well guaranteed fire lighting method. Every bushcrafter loves to have it. I always have a, a bic lighter or two in my pack somewhere. I, I know some of the more fanatical people say they don't bother with that stuff. You know, oh, I know who you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> fire seals are great. Uh, but you uh, know flint. what, Ben? He looks up to us literally looks up to us. <laughs> he <okay>. does <laughs> but uh fire steel is great flint and steel is great uh friction fire is great but you're right in a, in a in a true emergency a guaranteed what way to light fire could mean the difference between life and death if you fall into a lake or a river and you're basically frozen and you need to get a fire going uh it can make the difference between uh coming out or not so i think it's a great thing to have uh a good little trick with these lighters is to uh, make sure you keep them relatively waterproof uh i've done a thing where i wrap cardboard around it and then wrap it in electrical tape mm -hmm. so just make it tight and they'll actually you can pretty well submerge them and you just 
and it'll stay relatively dry. I learned that from my grandfather. He always did it. It was a great system. Well, Danny so. just mentioned one here too. The the mini Bic whiters. You can get the little cases that go on them, and it makes them waterproof. Oh, that's even adequately as good. <laughs> they work, yeah. You know what I mean? They're doubly yeah. special. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, no, that's a great idea, Danny. Uh, so, yeah. So, I'm going to throw one out here because uh, it's my turn. <laughs> Lipton sidekicks and any canned sandwich meat. Yep. Couldn't agree more. Uh, that is a quick, easy meal that doesn't take up a lot of weight. And it's really nutritious in my, well, not super nutritious, but it, it gets you the calories and, and, and energy you need. Uh, and it's really quick. It's one of the first sort of like budget, uh, ready to go quick meals that me and the wife started using. You can go to the dollar store, literally buy Lipton sidekicks, a little can of sandwich meat, heat up a little bit of water, mix it all together, and it's a tasty little meal. It's pretty quick. You want to add a little bit of spice or a, or a sauce to it, even better. So, Okay, I'm not going to double up on this. Uh, I also had um, either you know pasta packets or instant potatoes for the same reason. Yeah. So I, I'm just yeah. going to veto mine on that one and I'll move on to a different one. Cause all kind of the same idea, any kind of dehydrated, ready-made food, Mr. Noodles, yeah. instant potatoes, uh, the Lipton packs, even the rice packs, all not bad. Um, no so yeah, any, you know, ready, ready eat meals kind of deal without getting into an MRE. Although an MRE is great. You're not going to buy that last minute. I can guarantee it. Well, I'm not going to guarantee you that, but I'm going to assume you can't. Uh, no. so the next one I had was a flashlight. All bush characters do to uh, enjoy flashlights, and literally you can pick these up at pretty much any. Uh, well, maybe not this one. This is an O white, but uh, <laughs> any uh, any corner store, any uh, gas station generally have some sort of flashlight. And I can tell you right now, out in the woods, you're not really fussy about what the flashlight is, as long as you can turn it on and it functions. Uh, it's a good flashlight. Yeah, no, that's a great one. I did not have that one on my list, but uh, now I regret it. <laughs> I got one on old Benny boy. But <laughs> yeah. flashlights are great. Uh, I, I've at various times I have an addiction to them and I go buy a whole bunch and then I get told by the wife that's enough. And then I can't buy them for a few years. I'm probably in still in one of those few years. I think it's running up soon, but uh, sort of on the same lines, we bought the rechargeable headlamps this year. Uh, those are, you can also pick up at most place flashlights are available and similar type idea. If not stealing your thunder by any means, it wasn't on my list, but just adding to it. No, nope, it's all good. Yeah. Uh, so I have another one here. Amazon or any gift cards. Uh, you can usually pick those up anywhere. Bushcrafters almost always have a laundry list of things they want or would like to upgrade or improve on. Uh, gift cards to any outdoor store, Amazon. Canadian Tire, Mac, uh, places like that. I don't know if the new Decathlon in Dartmouth has gift cards. Places like that, you can always pick up stuff that they'd want. And it's really hard to know what they really need. So if you're not sure, give them a few bucks to put towards or buy something they need. It's always great. I don't think anyone would complain about those. Um, no, I completely agree with that. 
so uh, the next one on my list, which waterproof matches, which went with the lighter. So skimming over that, uh, another one that I think is really good, and you can get it not all everywhere, but pretty readily, uh, and it's not expensive, a snare wire. I had that down not only for using snares, but the wire itself has a plethora of uses, uh, and it's great just to throw in the bottom of the pack and be there. Uh, you can use it for snares. I mean, if you get into a survival situation or you just want to do some rabbit snaring that's in season, but it can also be used. Uh, you can make tools for around the fire. You can use it in conjunction with something else to make a pod hanger. You can use it as a makeshift lashing and it you, generally it's retrievable and you can save it. So I prefer the steel gauge snare over the brass gauge snare, but both have, uh, both have their uses. And I don't get me wrong. I would never turn away brass snare wire either. It's just my personal preference. I like the metal stuff. It's a, it tends to be a little tougher. Uh, doesn't work as good as a snare, but works better in all the other things that I previously mentioned. No, it's, that is a, it is, is another great one. Uh, I've seen that used to basically mend, uh, gear, uh, sort of like, because it's almost like a needle and thread in itself. So if you have a, a rip and a heavier gauge material, that's a really good way to, to mend it up and it'll get you out. Uh, you can do a ton of stuff with that. It's almost as good as duct tape in the woods, probably better. Uh, so, uh, I no, had that duct is tape one. on my list. <laughs> uh, well, since we're on that sort of path, I didn't have snare wall, but I did have rope paracord tarp as a, as a heading. So that's, I mean, paracord is, is another one of the ubiquitous, uh, fix all things that mm. bushcraft seem to like, but other ropes I find have their, their advantages. Uh, you can never have too much of those things. And, uh, basically the, any type of tarp or tarp like material, uh, tends to always find its way into any bushcrafters pack, whether it becomes used as an actual shelter as a ground protection, uh, and a plethora of other potential reasons. Uh, it's just a good thing to have to protect your gear, protect yourself, uh, you name it. Bushcrafter has found a use for it, I think, in that regards. Did you want to add to that? No, uh, it, it all kind of fell right into that. Like you said, the snare wire, <laughs> uh, paracord, of course, is, I don't want to say the golden standard, but it's definitely one of the most talked about items when it comes into bushcrafting everybody seems to have an opinion on paracord be it seven strand nine strand whatever survival paracord but the bottom line is any kind of lashing or rope tying material you're going to find a use for it see my favorite and it's not easy to get like paracord you can get almost anywhere you can literally go to the dollar store and pick up paracord um i like the am steel you've seen me use am steel uh and 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 Denema style ropes. I have the thin stuff, lash it or slash it. I can't remember which. But I got the that, lash it stuff and I like it. Lash it or, or sling it. Sling it may have been the other knee. Uh, those things are awesome. Uh, I've used them for tying down tarps. It's really small. It's very strong. And it can be done into the same thing as like whoopee slings and that. You mm. can weave through it. Uh, but again, that's hard to get. You can find it at marine stores and a few other places but it's really hard to get paracord and other types of rope you get anywhere yep so uh, i kind of went off topic here i am sorry no it's all good it's all good uh is it back Who's to me starting? already yeah because i said snare wire and you went with paracord yeah um so for me the next one on my list was travel toiletries 
and you can generally find these at like once again irving big stops most irving gas stations dollar store and when i say travel toiletries these are the things that bushcrafters appreciate and often forget themselves things like uh we had mentioned them in previous podcasts like the little flakes of soap they're great but a lot of people don't think about them a travel toothbrush with travel toothpaste Another super great item. A lot of people overlook it or they just take the stuff from home. In which case, now they got their good toothbrush dragging through the woods and things like that. I mean, it's just little niceties that a lot of people forget. Even a travel mouthwash, believe it or not. Uh, Would you always take it? Probably not. But if it was in your bag and you're gone for a week-long trip and for whatever reason, you know, it might be nice to freshen up. Not to mention some of the minty stuff works as a natural bug repellent. But... (laughs) Uh, any kind of travel toiletry. It's a very commonly overlooked item for most bushcrafters. Yeah. Um, and one of the best places to get that stuff is hotel rooms. <laughs> Don't give away my secrets, Ben. If there's any hotels watching here, I always ask for extra soap upon check-in. And it's not for the hotel. <laughs> but that's the thing is they're small individual sizes. They're perfect for a two, three day trip. Uh, so just, just a hint there, take them, bring them home, give them to your bushcraft buddies. They're going to love you for it. And it really costs you nothing. You're already staying at the hotel anyways. <laughs> exactly. And, and in fact, if you're really sneaky about it, you can go to a lot of hotels and ask for it anyways. They'll just assume you're staying there and give it to you. <laughs> we are not condoning the activities we are mentioning. <laughs> I Don't ask me a disclaimer there. But, uh. You ask if they give it to you. It's not I mean, illegal. Maybe immoral, but it's not. They never asked if you stayed at the hotel. They just, you know, now you're in you a moral <laughs> Anyway. Um, I I have here, this is one that it's always kind of useful. Tent pegs, especially the aluminum tri, tri-wing ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can get them at Canadian Tire, off lines of gas stations and stuff. A lot of convenience stores, off, believe it or not, have them on on the on the shelves so those are things that get used quite a bit and a, any self-respecting bushcrafter has bent a few of his own uh i'd say that because i bent a few <laughs> so it's always nice to have a, a, a stash of, of spare ones i have bent uh, so many pegs that i'm to the point where i just look for other things other than pegs because i assume that they're already broke <laughs> uh yeah, I mean, any good bushcrafter can make a good one out of sticks, but you'd be surprised, especially if you're in a softwood forest, how hard it is to find a decent piece of wood to make a tent peg. Because softwood, it tends to be too brittle to properly drive in some of the ground it grows on. Uh, that's just my opinion, but I would say that my luck, it seems to be pretty accurate. So. So one was mentioned in the comments. Uh, it was on my list, but down towards the bottom. So I'm going to mention it now and hopefully I don't steal it from you as well there, Ben. Uh, but good idea is the heater packs or the um, the hand warmers. Hand warmers, uh, You can yep. find those sometimes at the dollar store. You can find them at most gas stations. Definitely Walmart, Canadian Tire, any of the big box marts are going to have them. Uh, this time of year, they're great for keeping your hands warm, feet warm, uh, as they were designed for. Or as Ben has taught me... Throw a couple in your sleeping bag to pre-warm it up and get into those little spots like the, you know, like the crease of your back and stuff where some cold air could accumulate. Man, it adds so much comfort to your stay in the woods. I was in the dollar store the other day and they had the liquid packs with the little disc in it that you break. 
And those are rechargeable. You can redo them. Just put them in boiling water till it goes clear. Take it out. Let it cool off. It'll and we stay. We talked liquid. about this in a previous one. Those are the chemical ones. Yeah. Um, they work better in your boots and stuff because I think I I had mentioned like the the actual heater ones that require air. I threw them in my boots, and once the oxygen burnt up, they got cold. Yeah. So. so those are pretty good. I've seen them in dollar store. They actually had little cute knitted mitts that went over them, which I thought was just a cute thing for a gift or something. Makes it look a little bit more uh pretty uh which is is a thing for some people uh but like i said you can buy the dollar store first set i ever bought was from lee valley i think we paid like seven eight bucks a piece for them you can now pick them up for two three bucks uh, so it's something else to look for but any type of hand warmer be it chemical uh burning because zippo makes one with a solid rod mm. or these these uh uh reaction style ones uh they're all pretty good uh so anything like that it always helps you you got frozen hands or feet it makes the trip miserable if you can fix that relatively quickly and easily it makes the difference between a great trip and a horrible trip it really does so i agree with that one i didn't have it but i do i do think it's a great one well that was a freebie anyway because it came from the comments so my next one um, not to do a double one here, but I did want to mention that what was up in the comments. Uh, I have Blistic, especially this time uh, of year, like lip chap Blistics. I prefer the Blistics. That's why I have Blistics down. Uh, that stuff's great because this time of year, it's a little cold. You get some winds. It's really easy to get chapped lips and don't get me wrong. Chapped lips is nothing but an inconvenience, but man, it can turn into a big inconvenience if it gets bad. Oh, definitely can. Um, Yeah. Uh, since you mention it, not on my list either, but the same along the same lines, uh, sunscreen. Yeah. Small, ideally. Um, similar thing. The weather can dry out and chap skins and stuff. So things like that. Yeah. Any any type of product along those lines comes in quite handy. So that's a good one too. Yeah. Just jotting some of these down for my so. <laughs> I know what I'm asking for tomorrow night. Ah. <laughs> uh, so I got one I'm going to throw there. Knives. Um, no bushcrafter is complete without a good set of knives. Uh, and you can usually buy pocket knives, um, you know, uh, fixed blade knives anywhere. Um, and it comes in quite handy. In fact, I found out anyone who ever goes to the farmer's co-op here in Milford, they actually sell a nice set of Mora knives there at a reasonable price. Uh, I'm not pushing them, but I'm just saying it's a place that I found them recently. I've also seen them in the Chuck, not Chucks. So they're, they're around a lot of places you can go in there and pick them up. Uh, a Mora knife is, is a pretty darn good knife for a really good price. So it's not hard to, to turn that down, but, Canadian Tire always has selves on knives, bucked and uh, and their own brands and stuff. So you can almost always pick up a decent knife for a decent price if you you got a few minutes to to, to go around. And uh, no bushcrafter is ever going to get a knife and say, "What'd you get me that for?" I was going to say, uh, any self-respecting bushcrafter has at least twenty knives, and you know what they want? At least twenty what? more. <laughs> <laughs> because there's a formula for how many knives you need, and it's n plus one. Where n equals the present number you have, exactly. <laughs> you need the one more. Uh, yeah, uh, I always have one or two knives. 
on me at any given time when I'm camping, it's it's a higher number than that. It's embarrassing how many I carry, so I'm not going to go any deeper about it. But I guarantee you I have more knives than you when I'm in the woods. <laughs> I generally carry a couple, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, so the next one I had um, was um, hand cream. Believe it or not, like any kind of hand cream, something like that, once again, it kind of went with the chapstick, uh, don't oh. get me wrong. But um, like little things, hand cream, if you can get the kind of self-cleaning ones, there, there's ones out there that will kind of like give a cleaning as well as a moisturizing. Those are great, but I'm, I'm talking literally just moisturizer sometimes, not only for your hands, for your face. Once again, this time of year, if you're out there quite a bit, wind chapping, stuff like that, it, it's a real thing. Uh, and once again, it's an inconvenience until it's more than an inconvenience. So it's one of those preventative measures. Doesn't cost a lot. You can pick it up anywhere. Even in a pinch, Vaseline works. Uh, and Vaseline, on the same note with that, can be made into other things in the bushcrafting community. So getting a tub of Vaseline for Christmas is not as strange as it sounds when it comes to a bushcrafter. <laughs> Especially if you can't camp with Jeremy. <laughs> Sorry, Jeremy. You deserve it. <laughs> he hasn't been on to bug us for a while so yeah he's been sure i'm throwing shade other places though <laughs> oh, i got you yeah um so the next one i had was actually hat gloves and mitts um i find that uh, a good bushcrafter usually destroys two or three mitts a year i say that because i destroy two or three <laughs> mitts a year uh, mitts, gloves, things like that. Anything keeps your hands and extremities warm. It's always good to have a spare set. Um, if you're lighting fires and doing stuff, chances are you've, in cutting wood, you've destroyed a few pair. Uh, it just happens. There's not much you can do about it. So a spare set or a nice set uh, it goes a long way. Uh, so I threw that in there. I, I guess, if, unless you want to add something, I do have one throw small thing if it's leather any type of like make oil or something to protect them it's not a bad idea no completely agree i only have one more on my list anyway uh and it's literally just anything wool and i literally mean anything wool it may not be a last minute thing but if you have the potential of getting it pretty much anything wool a bushcrafter is going to appreciate that socks gloves shirt blanket pants hat like you name it if it's wool chances are they're going to appreciate it only catches generally not always easy to find and not always the cheapest thing out there um lately that's actually been something i'm spending a lot more time looking for when i go into thrift shops and stuff i'm looking for wool products mm -hmm. uh, if you don't want 100 uh wool i did notice that princess auto in their latest flyer actually has some 70 percent wool blankets on for i think like under 20 bucks so just a, a thing there if you you know it's 100 percent wool would be better but 70 percent is basically 70 percent better than none <laughs> you know what i mean so it's no, still pretty and that's exactly what i do anytime i walk into value village first thing i do is head down to the blanket section see if there's a wool blanket never yeah. is but i always look anytime i go to a flea market looking for wool products wool to me is like even if i don't use it for its intended purpose i'm going to use it for something I, I've been looking for more like sweaters and stuff. But, uh, yeah, wool is wool is a good product and it's great to have. I have a few more on here. So since you've pretty well ran out, tea lights. Funny enough, in the comments, somebody said pack of emergency candles. That was Danny Swan. So 
Yeah, I, I had tea lights. I often use tea lights to start a fire. The fact also, though, I've used them in tents and stuff. To It'll actually add quite a bit of warmth, a couple of tea lights running. Um, they, they serve a plethora of, of uses. You can actually just take the tea light out of the little aluminum and you can seam seal things and stuff with it too. Make things waterproof. I've waterproofed. Uh, the, I have a, a sleeve for my uh, my saw, the uh, mm. Agua Cannon Boreal Twenty One, which you know we've we've raved about here in the past with that little sleeve to keep it safe and and carry. I just I took I think a whole tea leaf and rubbed onto it and then heated up with a hair dryer slash heat gun and. You can put it under the tap and the water just beads off. So tea lights have a plethora of uses. You give them to a bushcrafter, I guarantee you they're going to be pretty appreciative because they will use them. Uh, I also make my own fire starters. I usually melt a few of those down. I've used them to make them those forever matches. So things like that for sure. Danny Swan. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to say Danny Swan. I, I knew I seen he had mentioned something else. Uh, the only other thing he mentioned was glove liners. Uh, yeah. So those cheap white glove liners. I never even thought of that. That would be a great – this time of year especially too because you can they're uh, they're cheap, disposable, and you can carry multiples off them to keep your hands warm if you get wet, something like that, right? Yeah, yeah. No, um, I've, I've, uh, I've used those. I've also used high-flex gloves. Uh, they usually have like a waterproof front to them and just cotton back. They're really good side inside of gloves to give you good grip, uh, and a lot of employers supply them. <laughs> Just I don't know what them. you're implying there, Ben. <laughs> they supply them, and you use them, and then you can throw them out, or you can take them home and clean them up. I'm just saying. <laughs> use them for what they're intended for, but most people just toss them at the end of a job. They don't bother cleaning them. So, But you can, and they're still pretty okay. Energy bars. I had energy bars in here or protein bars or any of these things, a uh, pack of, of uh, granola bars, stuff like that. Just something you throw in your pack, quick, easy snack. That's always pretty good. It's almost as good as jerky. No, I completely agree with you. I guess going along with that, the only thing I'd throw in is a bag of trail mix. Kind of, you know, hand in hand with that. Trail mix, energy bars, anything like that. Once again, ready to eat foods. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, very good. Uh, I agree 100%. Um, that is something. Uh, yeah, any type of snack food, really, that's relatively lightweight, high in calorie, quick and easy to eat. These are things that, you know, I take them when I'm bushcrafting. I take them when I'm searching with search and rescue. I take them with a, a lot of times. It's quick and easy. It's convenient. And, uh, you know, it, it does really help. And these quick, easy snack foods, I mean, you can eat on the go, which when you're trying to cover ground and get to destinations and stuff, I know that's not the goal of all bushcrafting, but sometimes getting from point A to point B is is a is a chore, especially if you oh underestimate the distance and overestimate your ability. Not having to stop for 20 minutes to make a, a meal and being able to walk mm. can make the difference between making it to to your destination and not in time. It's just something to throw out there. Um, another one I had in here was uh, those little containers of drink mix. 
Omeo or any of those, right? Yeah, there's a dozen brands in there now. We've bought the ones that are made by like I don't know if Gatorade, uh, but they're they're the the vitamin style ones mm. uh, with the electrolytes and stuff. Uh, it really changes like the taste of water, gives you a bit of flavor. You, you, you get your water, you put a couple of squirts in, close it up. Doesn't take a lot of weight or volume, but it does add a little bit to your your meal or your your drink. Uh, so it's kind of enjoyable. So, Any idea what a Neo Rock is? Neo Rock? Nope. Oh, meal. I think it's supposed to be meal, and he just hit end uh, by accident. Oh. It's like meal rocks. Sorry, my bad. I misunderstood that OVO or old bastard bush, old bastard outdoors. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, anything like that. Uh, it, it's just a drink supplement or a flavor enhancer at the minimum. Yeah. Or as Ben was saying, if you get the vitamin ones, you can actually get a little bit of nutrition out of them. Yeah, yeah, you get either nutrition or electrolytes. Uh, so like sports drink mixes or whatever. Uh, fairly good. Uh, Dehydration, we've talked about this before, is not just not getting enough water. It's not make, getting enough to the electrolytes that go along with it. Mm. Uh, there has been cases where people are drinking, and this isn't usually a problem for bushcrafters, but if you drink purified distilled water, uh, you will eventually end up with serious health problems, if not death. It's because you do need the electrolytes. You do need salts and stuff. Uh, and some people have put themselves in in, in serious uh positions with this the one case i can think it was i think it was in the olympics i can't remember which one where a runner was drinking distilled water and basically died of dehydration even though they were drinking the whole way there uh they get all the stops in that but when they got through they had basically sweated out all their electrolytes their, their salts and uh serious repercussions right i think that covered most of the ones i had there's definitely others that we didn't get get around to mentioning, but this is quite an extensive list, I think. Yeah, and I think things. they're good little ideas, you know what I mean? Everybody can build off that. Yeah. Um, and it's these little things that, you know, to keep in mind, we generally try to keep our packs relatively lightweight and, and compact. And most bushcrafters, the expensive items, they know what they want. They're going to already have a you know, be trying to get it either they, they have it or they don't. But these are things, these are almost consumables, things they're using up constantly and they're looking to, to replace. Uh, if other bushcrafters are like me, which I have to assume they are, they have little caches of this stuff that fill up half a basement. <laughs> and uh, they're constantly replenishing it and taking from it and... Uh, I, I bet you if you turned your camera, there's quite a bit of this stuff within inside you. We're all a little ashamed of how much bushcraft stuff we gather. <laughs> there's a reason I keep my camera over here to the corner of my office. Let's just say that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's a reason we, we're not still in the basement for mine. <laughs> <laughs> Because bushcraft world's built into <laughs> podcast world. Uh, but uh, no, those are some things I think, it, you know, we we have killed our hour again. Like we, we have, always... and I'm surprised. I was expecting this to be a 30-minute episode. Doesn't seem to exist for us anymore. 
but it's not a thing. Um, and, and we could talk for quite a bit of while on, on, on these types of topics. And, and I'm sure some of the people that are listening are looking forward to talking with me about this. I know there's a few that I've talked to, but maybe a camping trip coming up. So, <laughs> but no, uh, you know, we've always both of us really enjoy talking about this stuff. I mean, it, it is a passion for both of us. Um, so it's not hard for us to kill an hour, uh, but it is Christmas. And I do know a lot of you guys have gifts to wrap and packages to, to at least put people's names on and stuff. Uh, speaking for myself here, I'm sure. I was about to say, as soon as we're done with the podcast, I got to go wrap presents. <laughs> uh, so we'll let you guys go. Uh, but I, uh, I think we'll repeat what we said earlier, you know, uh, happy holidays uh, and, and a happy new year. It's it's coming up. We'll probably be talking to you guys again next week before the new year, but uh, I don't think it'll be said too much, too often. Um, enjoy yourselves. Be safe. Um, 2020 is almost over. I think we can see the light at the end of the tunnel and hopefully next year. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm just... I'm just like counting down the days. Please be done and let this whole year be nothing but a memory. Don't get me wrong. I know the first few months of 2021 are going to be a little crap, but it, it's got to get better. You know what I mean? It, it does. I think, though, for myself, I look at everything that happened, and, and I, I'm very thankful. It could have been much worse for a lot of us. Mm. Um, I'm pretty appreciative that, you know, I'm safe. My family's safe. Most of us that I've talked to, you know, the bushcrafters and stuff have been doing pretty well. Uh, so I think we should, we do have to look at the positives. Uh, we are coming, you know, to a spot where I hope things will get much better. And I think we should be happy that those of us that haven't really suffered too much, should not really complain too much. <laughs> I can't complain. I'm just getting a little tired of it. That's all. I mean, I've been treated yeah. every other well. The, the whole the whole thing, I have weathered very well. Much like yeah. yourself, I can't complain too, too much. No. Uh, I know we had hoped to do more stuff together, like trips and stuff. That didn't materialize. We only really managed to get together once this year. Yeah. That was uh, it. We got together for the... Uh, boat trailer video which if anybody's interested there's a boat trailer video that is uploaded and good to go you get to see Ben oh, in all what? his tutorial glory uh, it's actually a pretty good video very informative and it's a great product you should check it out yeah no no that's great and we'll be using that again next year uh i i expect a few more uh water trips in the future uh for sure there's a few lakes i definitely want to hit uh, a few people i've already been talking about getting out with and, and doing things with. So I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, you can't knock the ability a good boat gives you to get into the woods and really enjoy the, the, uh, the whole experience. Uh, so yeah, a great, was it what we call cart for moving any type of canoe kayak. And the one we created and, and showed how you can make it, um, that does. It works for canoes and kayaks. I've used it for both. Very good, very efficient. So 
yeah, check that video out and uh, let us know what you guys think. And if you guys like that kind of video and if you want us to do more of it, uh, we only we, we just take a guess at what you guys want. But uh, if you guys tell us what you want, it makes our job so much more easy. <laughs> uh, yeah, Danny, we are going to be on next Wednesday. That's for sure. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Uh, it's a secret what we're going to talk about, though. What's that? It's a secret what we're going to talk about, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't think that's actually New Year's Eve. I think that's just, yeah, it's the day before New Year's Eve. So I should be, I should be uh, okay. <laughs> good. I don't know who's texting me, but anyway, that's all for me tonight. What about you, Ben? Nah, I'm good too. Alright. As always, have a good night, everybody. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Whatever your thing uh is for you. We wish you the very best. Night off. Night.